10 assists, 21 rebounds, 47 minutes played, and now 60 points for the first time in Mavericks history. That was the call last night on Bally. Hopefully you did not turn it off. He had reason to. It looked like it was over. I tweeted that it was basically over. The New York Knicks were up nine with 34 seconds left. Up nine. 34 seconds left. Luka Doncic ends up tying it basically at the buzzer. He started dancing thinking that he won the game. (laughs) Game goes to OT. Luka ends up with 60. 60, 21, and 10. I feel like the 21 might get lost in all this. Sitting there going up for that amount of rebounds. Yeah, and what he had like... um... He was up to like 15 at half or something. Uh, I mean, he was he was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, you can't you can't lose sight of the 21 rebounds. And then I mean, even still on a night where the bench scores nine points, he still was managed to dish out 10 assists. He's just he is everything to them. And I know we we mentioned earlier the the whole uh, like defensive angle is like well the defense hasn't been you know. That part has come to fruition about his initial scouting report, but he's been better this year. Like he's playing better defense. He's he's being more active with his hands. He's getting steals. He's I don't know that. Like to me, this feels even more so. And I know some LeBron stands on the Fantex will probably push back against this. This feels like he has to carry them more than even LeBron did in Cleveland. Like it, it's just it is all him. Everything <laughs> has to be him and I don't know I don't know how they don't feel guilty like Cuban and kid don't feel guilty along with Nico after nights like this seriously you can celebrate it you can be a fan of it I don't want to throw the wet blanket on this early in the segment but I would I would feel really really guilty being like we're failing at our jobs we cannot have this guy do this I think he's played every single second of the last few second halves like they're just gassing him and then when the postseason comes around we're gonna have fat Luca conversations again when he's when he's trailing the fast break if the Warriors are going up and down the floor or the Memphis Grizzlies because the man is exhausted having to do this in the regular season basically every single night his usage is so damn high <laughs> he's he's playing more minutes than he ever has in his career and yet his field goal percentage is better by three percentage points right now than it has been His three-point shooting percentage is the best of his career. His free throw percentage is better than it's been in all but one season. He's got the most steals he's ever had in his career. His turnovers, it's the second lowest turnover figure of his career despite playing 37 minutes and despite having to do it all. He is, there is zero, I I don't care. And and Kendrick Perkins, who's trying to slobber all over him this morning, screw you because it was three weeks ago where you didn't have Luka in your top five on MVP. Oh, yeah. Like, top five. This is just, and that just goes to show, guys, for those of you that that have wondered, they're given scripts. They're all given scripts and talking points to to spit out there for you. They don't believe any of it, and and Kendrick Perkins is a great example of that, but the the things that he's doing there there is zero case I, I like I don't I, I know he's kind of slipped in the standards because the the Mavericks have but to me there's zero case for anybody else for MVP than Luca Kendrick Perkins tweeted I've played with a lot of Hall of Famers and seen some all time great performances what I just witnessed was one of the greatest individual performances I've ever seen in my damn life I do like the way he ends all of his tweets don't mind me though it carried the hell on 
Uh, and then everyone coming back with, oh, you're going to change your mind next week? Has he made your top five now? Make sure you keep that same energy on television. Uh, but here's Luca. First three quarters, he scored 35. Fourth quarter in overtime, he scored 25. Nine rebounds first three quarters. 12 rebounds in the fourth quarter and overtime. 60, 21, and 10. And now you have people remaking the list. The best individual games in the history of the NBA as Sports Center and everyone else is leading with Luka at the top of the hour. You got Wilt 100, Kobe 80, and now people are throwing this right in the mix at number three or even number two. Is this the third? Is this a top three game in the history of the NBA's regular season? I mean, the number of people who have seen a lot of basketball, like Dick Vitale and, and people like that, who, you know, we're not talking about 100 years ago that, that Kobe put up 81. Like, people saw that. And the number of people today saying that's the best performance I've ever seen in my life means that there's, I think there's a lot of people who are saying that's better than what Kobe did. And and look, 81 was incredibly impressive. It's, I, I don't know that we'll ever see anybody do it again, to be honest. And... As great as it was, though, it's what Luca did last night was all around. Yeah, it was 21 points less, but it was an all around performance where he's got the 21 boards. He's yeah. Kobe a- had six rebounds and two assists in that game. He was 28 of 46 from the field. So you got to look at efficiency, shooting percentage, rebounds, and assists. I mean, I. I think you got to put this above Kobe's because of the twenty, the twenty-one and ten. You absolutely. He scored like Kobe. He rebounded like Bill Russell, and he passed the ball like John Stockton, like in one game. Yeah, that's like now I get a hundred points is a hundred points. I don't think I think that's always going to be top. <laughs> but my gosh, the 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 stat line is just ridiculous when you look at. And when you look at the last three games. Luka Doncic is averaging 47 points, three steals, 10 assists, and 12 rebounds. That's unreal. I'm sorry. I just got caught by one of these. Did they draw you off sides? They drew me off sides. Who? That show. Right? Oh, oh, they're talking about that. Oh, no. <laughs> reading that question. <laughs> reading that topic oh. on the Keyshawn show. Who is more likely to fail the Cowboys, Dak or the field? <laughs> My gosh. I Even in the middle of a Luka thing, I'm like sorry. ESPN manages to just I'm sorry. draw right. you off sides. They, they gave you the hard count. That was so bad right there. I mean, that's that's so bad. You, you and your Sam Williams bad penalty just jumping off sides. All right, Luka, take us through the final play in the fourth quarter. How were you able to tie that up? I uh, know. I think it was just kind of lucky. You know, I know it was two seconds or whatever on the clock. I just threw it up. I guess I, I was kind of lucky. But, you know, uh, we were down, what, 10, two minutes to go, something like that. We came back. You know, this is an amazing team win. Luca also going viral for saying he needed a recovery beer afterwards. He's like, I'm tired and I need a recovery beer. He also, man, this is classic. This is almost as good. You talk about being drawn off sides by the Cowboys. This is almost as good as the stat line. What did he talk to Jalen Brunson about? 
I was so disappointed. I'm like, Brunson's return to the double AC. You know, people were trying to guess what type of ovation. It was going to be all cheers. No one's going to boo, I don't think, Jalen Brunson for leaving. We don't boo. I would have. We don't boo like that in this city. I would have booed, but it would have been for Mark Cuban. Luca was asked, what'd you tell JB before the game? I told, I told him the, about the Cowboys, how we beat Eagles. <laughs> Jalen Brunson's a diehard Eagles fan. So there's Luca trolling him over the NFL outcome on Christmas Eve. So just a perfect magical night. Perfect. Yeah, how how like awful a three days for Jalen Brunson. Like he he misses his chance to play here. He's got to watch his team collapse, which as great as Luca was yesterday, that's a damn collapse from the Knicks. Holy cow. Yeah. And then in addition to all that, where's the win probability on that with all those numbers? Win probability. Well, I guess we have it right here. Teams that were zero, zero percent for Dallas. Teams (laughs) that were trailing by at least nine with 35 seconds or less were O and almost 14,000. O and 14,000. Just in the last 20 years. In the last 20 years. Just like if you go even further back than that, it's because last 20 years. So what? How how far down was Tracy McGrady in the game against the Spurs? That one I can't remember when he scored, scored thirteen. I think he was down eight, is what it was. First so. first game all time from anyone sixty twenty ten career high in points, career high in rebounds for him. Most points in the game by a Maverick. Most fifty point games by a Maverick. Dirk was in the house again. I thought Dirk was going to take off after the statue unveiling uh, the other day, where Luca showed up as a cowboy in his sports car uh, but there was the Diggler last night in the house for history and w- what else what what is this what is this guy capable of down the road and in the future what what what, what is he capable of uh if he doesn't burn out if they if they don't just burn the candle at both ends and use him up I mean honestly like I didn't the the usage rate for him I honestly didn't think he'd be capable of being more efficient like like almost across the board he's been a more efficient player with this ridiculous usage rate so i i don't know describe his game to me i've never watched basketball before i move here to dfw and i'm like why is everyone talking about the 77 like why is he so good see that it's so funny because i remember kd was asked about him recently and he said, when you watch him, you're like, he's so damn slow. Yeah. And he's like, this, how is, how is nobody stopping him? And I think that's the thing is that it's so difficult to describe him because it's just he completely controls the game, like yeah. with his pace and everything. Like as slow as it is to everybody else, he's so under control. His his vision's incredible. The The touch on his shot has just gotten better and better. I know, Even watching him as rookie year when he was, you know, really special and you could tell he was going to be really good, like – the the shot the the touch on his jumper and that that little you know plant the foot pivot fade away that he loves so much um the step back which he didn't a lot of people forget at this point like he didn't have the step back when he got here he developed that after some people suggested he start using it what's his trophy gonna be because it can't we can't have two step backs I mean, you talk about a white organization. It's got to be him. It's got to be him <laughs> gathering the ball because it's like in the time that it takes for Dirk to get into his fadeaway, like Luca's still gathering the ball and getting up for his shot because it takes so long. It's unreal, like the slow motion. But 
Yeah, it doesn't. What do you What do you think, Peyton? What is his? Well, what? you can do the dance, the little shimmy shimmy, or him complaining to the refs. Oh, I mean, you could do that. Wow. All right, Peyton Russell Mouth filling in for open. Mike Bassick yeah. today. You know the thing that I think is, which by the way, he did almost burn them because in that that late stretch in the in the that last minute. He was sitting there trying to complain for an eight second, and he almost got teed up. Yes, and he almost totally he gave he up was, on the he possession. He was not focusing on the play at all. Well, they scored. Yeah, I think he, they scored on it. He was right. He was. I don't know if it was by you know the, the decibel point. You know, as they should put that up. RJ's always called for that. I went back and watched it. It was eight seconds because he got called for an eight seconds a few weeks ago. So that that had to be in his mind. They should just. Get rid of that rule. Yeah, but it's Who like cares? it's like, like you have 24 seconds to get off the shot anyway. Get rid of that uh, with half court. You remember? Uh, I think it was a playoff game uh, when Chuck Knobloch had gotten a like was Chuck trying to Knobloch. yeah he was trying to make a play. I think at first base he was coming down on a bunt or something, and he was trying to make a and he thought there was interference. The ball goes by him, and he stops to like point to the up like what's going on, and the guy just like runs around the bases. It's similar to that where it's a little bit like dude just. Finish the play, like like. Yeah. But I mean, that's nitpicking in a night where we're talking about he had arguably the second greatest performance in the history of the NBA. The other thing, the, the thing I think is going to get forgotten about him, he, he his he uses his size perfectly. There, there's a lot of players right that just don't make the game very simple, and he's like, I'll just back you down, and I can go up. For a layup anytime I want. He uses his body perfectly. Once he gets you on his back hip, it's over. He takes high percentage shots in the lane. He's just like, I'm going to beast you. You know, it's not just all, I'm going to totally, completely fall in love with the perimeter game. Once he gets inside, he's he, he's he's slow enough with his pace and he's big enough to create space. It's just, it's just automatic. It's really like, it's really like a high schooler playing with middle school kids with a size difference. Uh, in the paint and inside. That that's what I feel like other players don't do enough. Not not everyone is, you know, six seven, two forty, two thirty, whatever he is. But I love that he uses it. He's like a shack at guard in terms of uh the size difference and he just punishes everyone as often as he can. He doesn't go away he always goes back to it. He doesn't go away from it a lot. Uh, it's just a joy. It's a joy to watch them. The kid just knows how to freaking play basketball. And he has since he was what, 13 years old. And that's a reason that many people wanted to draft him. Uh, people were talking about Wimbawaya, Wimbawapa, Wimbanyama. Wimbanyama. And I think he was quoted as saying he's playing against this high level type competition coming up as well. You're playing against grown men in these Euro leagues. And this guy believes every single night. You could surround him with four scrubs, not just on his national team, but now on the Dallas Mavericks, and he can go and beat anybody by himself. That's the mentality. He does have an MJ Kobe mentality. Uh, 877-881-1053. Truckwreck.com text line to hit us up here on Sean and RJ. It's DFW Sports Station. Bobby Belt and Choppy's chair for the rest of the week. Is Tony Pollard missing this game on Thursday night? And we have... The apology from Philadelphia. The only problem may be coming from Hitler. Next. Baseball season is heating up. 
Odyssey has you covered with the most entertaining coverage of your team. Stay locked in and in the know with the local voices you trust as they bring you unfiltered takes, recap games, react to the latest team news, and talk to callers. Listen to your favorite shows for free on the Odyssey app, odyssey.com, your smart speaker, or in the car with Android Auto or Apple CarPlay. All right, let's go inside the star for some Cowboys cleanup here on Sean and Bobby. Is Bobby showing off the guitar skills? Do you know who uh, is playing that guitar there? I do not. No, Peyton. Do you, it's Nirvana. Do you know Nirvana. who's playing? Oh yeah. Do you know who's playing the guitar? Uh, Kurt Cobain. Very good. Yes, yes, yes. That was a good one. I think I've tested him on that before though, because he heard the song and he goes, "I've never heard this." He said he had never heard "Smells Like Teen Spirit" like a year ago. Wow. Yeah. So. What's your music genre? Number one. Uh, not good. I mean, it's a bunch of random stuff. You know, we have Coldplay mix in there. Some, uh, some uh, hip hop. Remember his Spotify rap was like all rap. So that's oh, what that's yeah. that's yeah. what he does. But anything before 2010, he doesn't know it, even if it's like super famous. The Cowboys add Micah Parsons to the practice report. Tony Pollard remains DNP. What's happening is we get ready for the Titans Thursday night on this radio station. Micah will be fine. He was uh, it was, it was he was a little odd about that hand yesterday. He he had it wrapped and he's like ah you know football blah 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 and it's like okay but you didn't have it wrapped yesterday and you weren't on the so like this isn't just bumps and bruises of a season because this is the second day of practice and all of a sudden you're showing up on here and you've got it wrapped so it's a little bit it's like that mystery where uh you remember cd's foot in training camp who were like so what happened to your foot when he left practice that day cut it where it's like he had a cut on his foot and he's like yeah and they were like what was he's like just dumb stuff uh, okay, not going to sell. Sorry. So that's that's a little interesting, but Micah should be fine. Uh, the the two guys that have been uh, did not participate the first two days of practice are Leighton Van Der Esch and Tony Pollard. And even though Jerry told us yesterday, Pollard's good, we expect him to go. That one's, I think, in doubt. Like, there's a chance mm. he doesn't go um, because he's dealing with a thigh issue and, you know, th- those have kept guys out before. You remember it was a thigh contusion kept – Amari out and and really ha- hampered Amari in 2019 I think it was where he had a, a few games where it was really tough on him and so that can be a a really painful injury and I just I think with the short week and the all-time workload that that Tony Pollard has, has had he's had to you know touch the ball carry the ball more than he ever has in his entire career college or pro um I think that there's some wisdom in maybe saying we we can try and win this one without Tony. We won games without Zeke. We can probably try and win this one without Tony. Let's make sure he's healthy and not any more banged up as we're heading into the playoffs. So, so I, I think there's a chance he doesn't play. So T-Mac, not Tracy McGrady, but Tolo T-Mac sent me this, and I had to like go and double-check at least Zeke's numbers because I didn't believe it. Since being drafted in 2016, if it's going to be all Zeke in this game, career rushing yards versus Derrick Henry, his numbers versus Henry's, 82-15 for Zeke, 82-26 for Henry. Rushing yards per game, Zeke 81.3, Henry 81.4. Rushing touchdowns, 67 for Zeke, Henry 78. I would have thought there would have been a much larger gap between these two in favor of King Henry, but that's not the case. Yeah, now for their careers, 
uh, Zeke is about a half a yard per carry behind uh, Derrick Henry. And since Derrick Henry became a starter, which his first two years, he was like sharing the load a little bit. Um, since he became the full-time starter in 2018, Derrick Henry has uh, 6,992 rushing yards and Zeke has 5,601. And that's in six fewer games for Derrick Henry. Oh, six fewer games. Six fewer games and 1,300 more yards. Yeah, that game stat <laughs> was conveniently left out there. But still, uh, closer than I would have thought. Let's let's clean up a few things from yesterday. As basically we were doing star up throughout the entire day. We didn't talk about any of the negative. Let's talk about some of the star downs, though, so we can clean things up before the Titans game. On your star down list from the Eagles win, you had Diggs, Barr, Third down defense, running game, and pass rush. Yeah, so uh, let's talk about the specific players first, I guess. Uh, Diggs was awful. Diggs was really, really bad. Um, And and it was... He got torched by AJ in the first half, and then did he... Is he at fault? Uh, as Greg Olson, I think, was pointing out, that he just get lost in responsibility on the Devontae Smith TD? He was... Yeah, he the, the fourth and three... Yes. Yeah, he was freelancing. Like, he just was following the eye candy and, oh, I'm going to go make a play. And um, he got beat on the double move, the the sluggo. And, yes, I know what a sluggo is. He got beat on the sluggo. Yeah, Kurt Warner. Uh, shut up. Uh, he got beat on the sluggo where he he bit on, on the slant cell. And so, uh, you know, then A.J. Brown was able to run right by him. And so he he wasn't disciplined. And he said it after the game. He tweeted – bad ball he's like I gotta be better and so he knows he wasn't good um and, and look I think he's been great all year he has been a legitimate shutdown type of corner um and, and has completely taken away the other receiver numerous times I will give him the grace of it's it's one game it's not great it's one game you how, think was it's more against, than one? how was he against Jacksonville he had one double move that he got bit not on Jacksonville he got had one double move that he, that he got beat on against uh Indy remember that was that one where Matt Ryan hit him with the shoulder fake and then threw the touchdown but other yeah. than that recently like Indy's the only one that really stands out Jacksonville he was fine um that was really there Calvin was a play, Joseph there, that was getting picked on there was a play at the end of that game I think they picked up 18 yards to get in field goal range and I was like was Diggs on that or were they playing zone they were in zone now okay. he he where he messed up on that play was can't remember who made that catch, but it, it picked up like six extra yards. I think it was Zay Jones got like six or seven extra yards after the catch where he was just, he wasn't aggressive enough going to tackle him was the biggest thing with Diggs there. But Diggs was not good. Anthony Barr was also not good. I mean, in general, I don't think the linebackers played great again. They need Leighton Vander Esch back in a really bad way. And and look, I mean, if, you, if you've got to play these next two games without him, fine. Um, just make sure make sure he's healthy and Jonathan Hankins are healthy for the playoffs because you are going to need them if you're gonna if you potentially run into Philly again. Is or Van Der Esch their third most important player on defense against Philly or in general behind Ooh, Micah and Diggs? It's a great question. Against Philly, he might be two or one. He might be the most important. Honestly, and that that's not because he's better than Diggs or better than Micah. Yeah. But all the all the things that they try to do with eye candy and, and deception and the read option stuff, like you need 
disciplined players who have really good eyes. And that's what Leighton Vander Esch has done this year. He, he does not get caught by, you know, the, the, Oh, look over here, like the deception and the, and the flow and things the other way. But Anthony Barr was really bad. I know he scooped up the fumble great, but he was, he was not good. And then the other ones, the third down defense was terrible. A eight of 14 for Philly. I think they converted five in one drive where they had scored a touchdown. You can't have that. Uh, the running game, you couldn't get it going at all. I, I mentioned this to you yesterday during a break. The, over the last two weeks, the Cowboys have the most rushing attempts on first and second down in the NFL. And on rushing attempts on first and second down, even though they're the most in the league, they rank 24th in yards per carry on those. So wow, they're putting Dak into some unfavorable third they're, and longs they're, here. They're ramming their head into the brick wall. Yep. And then the pass rush. You've got you you drop back forty times. I know. Uh, I know Jerry said he felt they got close, and I know they started getting closer as soon as Lane Johnson went out. His but- out for this, his out for that is Minshew's release time. He was getting rid of it quick. He was getting rid of it quick. That's their excuse for no pass rush. You know what? And it's a legitimate one if you're talking about the way they do their their twists. Brian talked about this yesterday on G-Bag, that these twists, stunts, things that they do like that, that takes some time because you have to loop around. And and so, yeah, you get rid of the ball quickly in order to combat that. Okay, we can't block the twist. We're going to throw the ball away quickly. You don't have time to get to us. There's a little bit of an argument for that, but then adjust. Don't let the guy drop back 40 times without getting hit. All right, let's talk about this uh, this piece of human garbage, uh, this Eagles fan. If you want to stalk him out and make his life miserable, which I do advocate for, uh, I don't do this whole, uh, you know, I, no eye for an eye. Now, go ahead and, and torture this. Sean wants you to dox him. Uh, torture this punk. Um, Eagle takes two. Eagle takes two on Instagram. Wrote this after the Cowboys beat his team. To Dak Prescott, I'm glad you lost your mom and brother. I hope your older brother, Tad, is next. Now, I I didn't retweet this over the weekend. I didn't want to give this much attention yesterday. I didn't even read the exact post yesterday on the show. But then uh, Tolo, T. Rainey, and others sent me a follow-up from this Eagles fan trying to take some accountability and apologize for what he said. I bleed for Philly and the Eagles. I want us to win every Sunday. And us not getting that victory really set a fire under me. It pissed me off and I just didn't know how to react. And the only thing I could do is go after dude's family. I apologize, Nathaniel Prescott, Dak Prescott's father. If you saw any of this, I apologize, man. You raised a great young man, great family. You guys are millionaires because you guys put in that work. You get went through adversity. Congratulations. And I apologize, Natalie Prescott, Dak Prescott's sister, just in case you saw it as well. But Cowboys fans, you want to leak my father's address? Shame on you guys. Shame on you guys. He is still being a POS, though, because the video that he posted the other day where he's also pointing to his Eagles hoodie and he's saying, Hey, Dak Prescott, my mom bought me this. It's nice to have a mom. Uh, the the video that he posted the other day, he had a, a full-fledged mustache. Uh, not unlike, you know, the one Peyton tries to rock. <laughs> and when he posted this apology video, he had shaved it into a Hitler mustache. He's just trying to get people to share the video of his apology because he's yeah. being subtly a douche. Um, you know, I think this is this is someone who... 
I, I think he may be so off his rocker, you, you probably don't want to go at him too much and attack on How do I say this? This, this, this kid gives off mass shooter vibes. Like, that's how psycho this kid comes across. If you're willing to say something like that, double down, you're that desperate for attention, and then you're going to post your apology video with a Hitler mustache, you've clearly shaved. You've clearly altered the facial hair to have that presentation. That's that's one of those where it's like, yeah, I'm not going to go back at him on Twitter or social media too much because this one, this one could be a kook. Uh, but I'm glad he at least had the feeling of apology, but apparently some people have gone back releasing and let, you know, don't, don't, I don't think we have to put out the home address of his dad, drag his father and his dad into it. But this is the psychotic sports fan or just maybe the psycho in general, you know, those crazies like they, they send a message and it's like, okay, like we're all, we're all trash talking. And now you're like, you're like trying to locate my kids' whereabouts. You're 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 trying to go ahead and track my location. That you, you you can go ahead. You can go ahead and love your sports more than we do. Which is why I've always wondered, like, how many, and not even on the same plane as this uh, piece of trash, but like it makes me wonder, like, how many things a day does somebody like Bayless deal with, like people like threats and people trying to like track him down? And- I, I think about politicians. Oh, yeah. I mean, we saw Pelosi's husband, but with others, like, what does Ted Cruz get in his inbox? What does Greg Abbott get? What 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 is what, what does the president have sitting in his inbox with direct messages? Can you imagine all that? Gosh. Forget about Skip Bayless. But, yeah. man, scary. Uh, but there he is trying to apologize as a piece of garbage that he is. All right, it's Sean and Bobby here on your home of the Dallas Cowboys. It's going to be Michael Irvin and Nick Eatman joining us a little bit later on. How Mark Cuban praising Luca kind of backfired as Mavs fans are saying, enjoy it while you can. Luca's all-time game and the reaction of Mark Cuban praising him and a little team up with the Joker in Denver. Next. Nothing shocks me about this game. And that drew rim. It's still loose. Luca got it back. He did it. He did it. An improbable comeback by Dallas to tie it with one second left. It's unbelievable. It is a miracle. It's overtime. Stranger things have happened. What a call. What a moment. What an ending as Luca with one of the top three games in the history of the NBA, 60, 20, and 10. Uh, Harden put up 60. Uh, you got you got a couple Dak-type haters on Twitter. Uh, Hot Boy, who's a diehard Laker fan, is already trying to tear Luka down a little bit. Again, political fights. This is how I know people who are impossible in political arguments. And Hot Boy's been a diehard Tolo for a long time. Harden didn't need an extra period for his. You lost the argument and fight. You lost. All you Trey Young lovers, you you look foolish. You lost. Take the L. Wear the L. Take the L. All you, oh, Luka doesn't hit his free throws. Oh, the Mavs haven't won anything. There's a couple people in these Harden-Luka comparison comments saying, oh, Harden was close uh, and just a game away from eliminating the Warriors. Yes, that's true. 
Uh, but if you think that Luka Doncic isn't going to end up with a better career than James Harden, you're just hating like you're trying to do on Dak Prescott for the Eagle game or the last two weeks. Some of you nitpickers think that Dak has to go 42 of 42, the impossible standard. You want him to play a video game. And actually, some of his numbers, you never throw a pick in a video game, and then you don't want Dak to throw one interception at all. You just have an impossible standard. You're impossible. And you're doing the same thing for Luka because you thought the Mavs just wanted to draft another white boy, and you thought it should have been Trey Young, and he's fat and slow and can't lead them anywhere. You are embarrassing yourself. And last night was the proof by himself doing it. And he's going to end up with a better career than James Harden. And it's probably not going to be close. Why? Because Harden towards the end. Well, first off, you have the opening for the championship argument, right? Harden's not going to get a ring. It just shows his mentality to me, uh, a loser mentality, that he's willing to go to Houston and leave Philadelphia. He's willing to go back to Houston probably because it's a better strip club scene. James Harden is the one who got fat and lazy with a horrible attitude. I'm going to assume that Luca still cares during the years where James mailed it in and forced himself out of multiple cities. So it's not going to be close in terms of those two as a comparison. But I'm just, I'm picking you out. I'm picking you out. Yesterday I had two people. Game would have been different with Hurts at quarterback. Uh, Dak still ran out of bounds. I had to call out Bassick before he called me live on the air and crosstalk. I'm not putting up with it. I'm just singling you out. You are an impossible political person. And same thing. You don't want to get off your argument. You you can't admit that you are wrong and that you are off in your initial debate. So that's my little rant for that. Because I liked that. That was good. Thanks. Are we, are we now, by the way, you bring that up. That makes me wonder. Are we going to have to call Bassick for crosstalk? He's got like he's got to want to get a takeoff about this game, right? If he texts me, I'll I'll just I, I, I'll I'll throw him on the air. Now here's the interesting: you bring up the Harden thing. Now the Harden game was incredibly impressive because he put up sixty points in thirty minutes. Like like he was he rested. He only played thirty minutes. That's, and the Kobe, we should talk about the Kobe game against the Mavericks. Sixty-two <laughs> through three quarters or whatever, he was beating them sixty-two to sixty-one on his own. And Harden does not get enough credit. I've, I've always been a James Harden defender, by the way. Like. Six, seven years ago, when we were doing this show upstairs on 12, I remember being like, man, this guy's an unstoppable force. Charles Barkley's not wrong when he says James Harden may be like the most unstoppable offensive player in the history of the NBA, the best one-on-one player ever. I don't think that's a crazy statement. You can have debates over it. And Harden does not get enough credit for the amount of dimes. I think he had a 20-assist game the other night. Like, James Harden is an all-time great player, but Luka Doncic is going to end up with a better career. Well, and here's what I'll also say about that performance. There, It, it was not, obviously, the other thing that makes this different is Luka had 13 more rebounds than James Harden did. Uh, Luka played 17 more minutes, had one fewer turnover than James Harden did in that 60-point game. And James Harden got to the free-throw line 23 times compared to Lucas 22 and he got to like 23 times in 30 minutes like there was, there was a lot of charity stripe ball there yeah and a lot of just getting to the rim. so I don't know that that's as impressive as as Luca basically sinking as many shots as Harden put up Harden put up 24 shots Luca made 21 last night yeah, what was this field goal percentage, Hardens? You got to look at the efficiency, too. He No, he was efficient for that game. He was 66%. Luka was 67 But uh, he just got so much of it shooting at the free throw line.
And look, these things, right, we're, we're going to end up, you know, things fade with time. Like, I, I couldn't have told you who Harden did that against. I have no idea. I know Kobe Raptors, the Hawks, Wilt, holding up the sign, but uh, no way I could have guessed. You could have given me 20 guesses, and I wouldn't have said it was against the Hawks. That's not James's fault, uh, but... And this is going to be more memorable for us because we covered them and we're sitting right here in our backyard of the AAC. But Mark Cuban tried to go ahead and uh, give his praise to Luca last night. Kind of backfired as Cuban tweeted, we are watching absolute greatness. Like, I can't even put it into words. I've never seen anything like that. That's what Cuban said. Well, the Tolos and other Mavs fans fired back. Enjoy it while you can. Get him some damn help was the most common response. Get him some damn help. You're going to screw it up. How can you live with yourself as an owner? Like It all kind of reversed back towards Cuban in terms of Luka needing to do this to beat the New York Knicks without Jalen Brunson and basically needing to do this almost every night. Yeah, he, he said, we're watching greatness, never say anything like it. And like I was one of the ones, too. That was the last thing I tweeted before I went to bed. I quoted him and I said, and you won't see it for long if you don't put help around him. Like, help that guy out, please. Like, the guy cannot, I, I mean, he, and I, I get, this isn't a an exact reflection of the help they have from anything. But, like, the first thought he has coming off the, the court is like, I'm so tired. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and, and like just I need a beer. Every game, he looks like he's so tired. Like, he just, he. Every response on here on Twitter to Cuban is, Get him some help. Put some talent around him. Get him some help or he'll bounce. Uh, all the responses. Attacking Mark. Justifiably so. I'm glad that people are writing that back to him. And then yesterday, you had Tim McMahon, Mavs Insider, talking with Brian Windhorse on their podcast. And they were talking about the Joker. Now, I've thrown out a theory for a couple of years now. When we talk about super teams and American players, can Luka get any of the American superstars over here to the Metroplex. And I've thrown out a theory of who Luka will end up teaming up with one day because you could tell they're best friends whenever they play against each other. Here's McMahon and Windhorse talking about the Joker's future. What about that Jokic would ever consider leaving? I've never heard one person even bring it as a what a, you know, what if scenario. Well, the only reason I'm going to say yes is because I've seen Mavericks fans. Him and Luca are buddies. Jokic to Dallas. It's like, "Mm, I would be more concerned about perhaps that thing going the other way there. But (laughs) I don't think Luca's going to Denver. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Um... but no, Jokic. And like, you know, this uh, after last season, he's asked, hey, what do you think of that Supermax extension? He's like, sure. And, you know, Jokic is, is it. He's still just early in his prime. I mean, this dude his prime is, could last 15 years. Yeah, he's, he's 27 years old. He's got at least five or six years of, of, of prime oh, left. And man. I mean, this I guy, could I see him. I could see him playing this way when he's 37. All right. So there's no report in there. They're just kind of having conversation. But that's been my team up for Luca forever. The Joker and Doncic. Somehow, some way. Yeah, but that is concerning because McMahon knows what's going on in that building and he knows what's going on with the thoughts and, and, and feelings and inclinations of a lot of those Mavericks players. And so for him to say, 
And I don't think it was specific to Jokic, like, oh, he wants to go to Denver and play. I think it was more specific to, like, hey, they're they're running out of time to sell Luka on being here forever. He's not Dirk. Luka's not Dirk in that sense, I don't think. And there's... There's no right or wrong answer. Like, like I think anybody would have felt Luca or Dirk would have been completely justified bailing on this at some point. Yeah. And Luca, similarly, I think people feel like if he decides to bail on this, he's completely justified in doing that. It's just, I, I'm curious if, if, do you think Cuban views the the when he sees Luca do things like that? Do you think he views it as? When people are talking about the help they need to get, man, we we need to get help around him. It's a, it's on us to help him. Or do you think he views it as, look how great we were to get a guy like Luca? K and C would say it was the latter. I think that's how they kind of approach it. It's just like look how great. What? It's almost <laughs> look like what the, we did. The the worst thing in the world almost, and they should be feeling guilt afterwards. The the worst thing in the world almost is that they they did win with Dirk and role players, because it's like. Yeah. It's almost implanted this idea in Cuban's head. It seems like of like, well, I can, we can do that, right? Like, I mean, we can, uh, we can put a bunch of role players around Luca, and uh, he'll just, you know, carry us to victory. Which is what Dirk had to do that entire playoff run against, you know, Portland, the Lakers, the Thunder. He wasn't as dominant against the Heat uh, when they got to the the finals, but like Dirk had to shoulder them for several games. And and I mean, it was it was the way they won was Dirk. Role players, hot three-point shooting. And yeah. that's how Cuban has tried to build the current team. He still thinks that's a reasonable approach. And yeah, I think that that's just, you're tempting, you're, you're, you're playing with fire there a little bit because Luca is clearly incredibly competitive and, and wants to win. And I don't think he's... I'm trying to weigh out what, what, what's, what's heavier in terms of my scale. Not wanting to lose Luca or wanting to see Cuban burned. <laughs> I think not wanting to lose Luca for my own personal enjoyment, yeah. us doing a show that outweighs it, but it's close. Like I really want to see Cuban burned. I I, I really do. What, he, he doesn't deserve. What this. would be similar? Like like what's even on on a, a similar plane in in Dallas sports history? If what somebody if somebody like Luca were to just like all right, D- I'm out of here. Dirk. No, no, that's actually happening. Actually, Nash. No. Nope. Not on this level because he's not. He's not even that. So like, I, Nash I, won the MVPs in Phoenix. I mean, this this would be. This I, would, I don't know. I don't know the hockey transactions enough. This this would be uh, Emmett Smith leaving before they win a Super Bowl or yeah. something in Dallas. And it's just they've. It's concerning, and I know a lot of people think it's it's oversold, but it's it's terrifying to think about. Huge day in the Metroplex, Luca. The Rangers add a number two for this rotation, and the Stars win as well. Headlines on a hump day. Hump day. With Sean and Bobby. (laughs) Keep your mic on next. (laughs)